Welcome Lloyd Hoylett too. Hollett. Oh, I pronounce Hollett, thank you. Hollett. 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 Why do I do that? <laughs> in Norway. Right. I couldn't mispronounce my own name in revenge on myself. Anyway, I thought Lloyd's supposed to be the comedian here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it to the professional, shall it. we? Right. <laughs> Afternoon, Lloyd Hollett. It's Hollett, actually. Oh, I forgot to say <laughs> Welcome, Unbelievable. Lloyd. I'm just doing that. You can call me whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, silly Simon. That's the one. I knew we'd get there in the end. Marvellous. Oh dear, we just had a couple of name fails with the uh, early part of the show recording here. But uh, we are with Lloyd, who is appearing in Jack and the Beanstalk soon at uh, the Churchill Theatre. And uh, thank you for joining us, Darren Wheel and... Zinat Narani. ...of the Bromley Bus Podcast. Nice to hear you and see you. Indeed. Um, yes, you were, we were talking to Anton just now, who is doing his second panto. Yes. You are a little more experienced. Uh, this, oh, I think this is my 18th pantomime mm. yes yes get less for murder <laughs> so what's your um why pantos what's your interest why pantos is that kind of your favorite well i i I, mean, I, mean, I went to a panto when i was five was the very first one in birchington and i remember when the lights went down i my auntie always said i grabbed her hand so tightly and i, I remember that show like it was yesterday it was you know swept away into a, a wonderful zone for two hours and it was just Nothing I'd ever, ever, ever experienced, really, which is still the case with panto in our country. It's only our country that does a pantomime. No other country does it. It's, it's, it's the only time where people can switch off and have a laugh. It's for the whole family. It's, 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 it's not a musical, but, you know, there's, there's stuff for the mums and dads. There's stuff for the kids. Um, and it's, it's so unique in the respect that I said to a journalist a bit ago that it annoys me when people say, well, I'm not coming to see the panto because I haven't got any children. Because, uh, you know, I, people, some people think you have to have children, go to see a panto. Mm. Yes, it's wonderful for families, but over the 18 pantos I've done, the friends I've said, come and watch this, come and watch this. And they come out of the theatre, I want to come again, I want to see it again, because you don't need children, because it, there's something for everyone. It's such a unique genre. It's a unique genre that goes back a bit as well. It was started off by the Greeks, wasn't it? And, yeah, and, very and, much so. Yeah. No wonder it's got a bit of double entendre in it because they didn't hold back. I know, I know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's 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 pretty magical, really, and seeing the joy on everyone's face, especially after the last few years we've been through, it's yeah, needed more than ever. Mm. So, I mean, sorry, out of your pantos that you've done, your eighteen pantos, which one of those would you say is your favourite, or do they all kind of have their unique? Um, well, I don't really have a favourite subject. It depends on the experience and the people you work with at the time. For me, I remember my first uh, my first one I ever did uh, professionally was Stevenage with with Sheila Ferguson, and that we did 111 shows in Stevenage. We opened the 28th of November, closed the 5th of February, and we we did three shows on a Saturday, three shows on a Wednesday as well, and that's quite a tough schedule. So we're coming here, it's only about 50 shows, so it's like an easier run for me when you compared to some of the ones I have done. Um, but I, I remember vividly the year after that, um, uh, the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury, and it was because I live in Margate, so that's the biggest theatre uh, at the time close to home for me. Mm. So when I, I, I was asked to play that in 1997, um, we had a... Stephen Mulhern, who was just bubbling to fame at the time, he was playing Aladdin, 
and we had Sean Williams and Barry from EastEnders mm -hmm. and to have all my friends and family come to that local theatre and I was playing PC Pongo and Dave Lee who, was, who passed away a few years ago he was always the comic and the dame down there we had such a blast it was just a, a sweet company and when you're together in everyone's pockets 24-7 it can be quite tough sometimes but we just everyone was just so nice and it was just fun and when the curtain come down at the end we were just all sobbing like the, behind the stage because and you don't always get that you know it, it, that's a sign of like we're never going to work together in this format ever again it's mm. really sad sometimes you bond so quickly over it becomes another whole family doesn't it yeah it really does yeah i know that experience from being a uh, in the artistic well, I used to be a professional figure skater, so I oh, wow. used to do shows and things. So I know that kind of feeling. Yeah, in for that sure. Sense. Magical. <laughs> it's yeah. very magical. Well, Anton probably gets it every year with Strictly as well. Mm. Think about it. Um, you're down as a person who has an original style of comedy wordplay, mm -hmm. which you use outside of the panto context a lot too. But um, tell us a bit about Silly Simon, and do you get the chance to use some of it? Yes, very much. Well, I'm co-writing the script this year, which is exciting. Oh, so I'm, I'm, uh, so um, I'm, I, I, I had a lot of my routines inputted into the script last year as well. Um, routines that I've written and catered especially for Panto. Um, so that's exciting. And it, it keeps with the word play theme. I mean, last year, I, I, my opening routine, I, I recited uh, 135 British comedians in two minutes to the music of the Can Can. And it's interesting... <laughs> It's interesting because one of the journalists earlier, he said, are you going to do another song like the Can Can? It's because people remember these mm. certain mm. kind of routines and style of, that I have. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it makes it more challenging. You know, you're going to up your game and kind of keep it with the theme of Panto. But I've, I've written a few this year and we're still juggling which ones to keep because this, uh, I'm, I'm writing all the time. And it's, I wrote a routine last week for this Panto. It incorporates... Uh, 75 shops from the Glade Shopping Centre into a little story uh, and it's like so it's like it's trying to see if we can mould that in and make it work so it's like I'll, tell you, I'll be after you for a signed copy of the script in due course and maybe a picture of, of that bit yes. uh, all those pages by the sound of it 75 well, the, yeah I know we'll put that in our broadcast yeah. well yeah absolutely you never know might come and get, uh, ask you to come back and actually read it yeah, but I'll be honoured to. Absolutely. Marvellous. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Because <laughs> the, the wordplay thing um, really fascinates me as well. Yeah. Uh, so one of the people influencing it says here is Stanley Unwin, mm. who's one of the most curious characters in the history of British comedy, I think. Very much so, yeah. Mm. yeah. you heard of Stanley Unwin? No. I think it was he called the Gobbledygook Man. He was the Gobbledygook Man. He wrote his own, had his own language. He called it Unwinese. And it, it didn't make any sense, but you kind of knew what he you were saying. He would have come out and said, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, you're totally bold. And like, <laughs> well, people are like, what the earth is he talking about? And, well, I've been uh, sprungled down the throckers, and I, I was the thracker down the thracker, and the, and the mucker down the mucker. And it was like, he would, be, he would be on prime time television. It didn't make any sense. It was just very... Um, entertaining, mm -hmm. but with me, I'm I'm, I'm not. <laughs> not so gobbledygook. Not so It's all it's, it's what I tend to do in my act. Mm. I speak a lot back to front or frack to brunt, and what I do, I get I get a lot of words, and I set this up that. So I tell us I, I get what, I get two words, and the first two letters go back to front. So back to front becomes frack to brunt. I'm known as Lloyd Hollett, the comedy wordsmith, or Hoyd Lollett, mm -hmm. the comedy curdsmith. And then, with the fun with the English language, I tell the story of. Oliver Twist by Dolls Chickens. 
and people and then people start to get it you see and they understand where you're going with it so, uh, a long tongue line ago in the lot of Hunden lived a little boy called Tolliver Ist one day Tolliver was breeding his eggfast and peeling very vecky <laughs> and he decided to ask Mr Mumble for some four mood please sir I want some more what please sir I want some more what <laughs> Mr Mumble was lacking vivid thought he was peeking the tiss so he picked him in the collocks where he felt tars over it's down the dares. You know, it goes on and on. Oh, it is endless, yeah. endless. Yeah. I mean, you may have seen it in Ronnie Barker used it a little bit yeah. as well. But I'll I tell you what, one yeah. thing also on the co-writing side, <laughs> because you effectively have control of what some of the other cast members are doing, does this mean they're nicer to the you than usual? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, because it, it's... Uh, no, it's, it's, they don't really meet me until day one of rehearsals. So, so it's uh, all done by then? Yeah, so we've had a few drafts of, of circulating at the moment between me and the producers, and we're kind of suggesting ideas, and they like kind of say, well, we'll Lloyd have a routine here, this is Lloyd have a routine, Lloyd have a routine here, and then I work on routines, and I write, and I put forward stuff, I suggest stuff, and between us we come up with a final draft before it's printed and sent out. So, so it's the right way to go about it, really. But otherwise that would happen, you'll be right, everyone like, oh, <laughs> can I buy you a latte, Mr Hollett? <laughs> Yes, I don't want all the adult jokes, thank you. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to actually coming in to, to watch it. Well, you've just it, gone to the so top of my personal bill, actually. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to come wait. and listen avidly to everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to get the jokes, by the way. So I'm known for not getting my jokes. Oh, are or you? getting people's jokes. Yeah, I can't look at it and I might go sort of um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes down the line and go, oh, that's that was amazing. what he meant. And like, See, yeah, Amazing. Yeah, it's gone. Brilliant. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so, so we're going to be leaving the theatre, walking down the street, and you're going to get your applause from somewhere near the car That's park. it. A few, yeah, I, I, like, well, I like reactions like that. Yeah, you'll get that. That's my kind of reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, um, I was, it was so lovely to read this because I didn't know that. Voiceover for Dear Zoo. Mm. One of my favourite little books. That, you Wonderful know, story, isn't it? It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I know. And we do took. You love we, that. Go on, tell us yeah, that. no, I, I, I'd love to do more voiceover, but I, I get, I'm so busy with the, with the, with the comedy. I mean, it's, uh, um, it's finding time really. Um, but the Dear Zoo thing is wonderful. I mean, I, I took my daughter to, to see it when they, when it toured. It came to Folkestone, and uh, when, the, when the lion came out, I, I was like, Rah! and she, <laughs> honestly, oh. she was in floods. She had to leave. And I felt really bad, but. No, that was great. And I met the, uh, the, the author in the, in the studio oh, and it was just magical. Fabulous. I'm playing all those animals, yeah. Yeah, no, one of my favourite books, we would just say, we're like, oh my gosh, and I read that, you know, to my niece and nephew all the time. And then when I used to be a teacher, I would read it in school to the kids. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, yes, beautiful, a wonderful beautiful book. Beautiful story, so that was well, a pleasure it, to see it's great to be with such a, a multi-talented individual uh, here. And uh, we are very much talking about the uh, Jack the Beanstalk, and I'm going to get back to that a little more in a moment. But uh, I noticed a little shop of horrors, mm -hmm. and the voice of the plant is another yes, of your things. Yeah. That's uh, quite a thing. Yeah, feed me, see my feed me now! I remember that, because I was in a little booth, and um, I was in a little booth in a, uh, backstage, and uh, you know, watching the, the animation of the animatronics of the, mm. of the actual plant. And when people would come to get my autograph, they never knew what I looked like. And nobody ever thought it was me when this like skinny little ginger kid comes out. And like, they didn't think I had it in like, at the power because musical theatre is kind of my first. I've done a lot of musical theatre, so so uh, I love that musical. I could watch that again and mm. again. It's a great musical. 
You just put me into a little fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Just I mean, it's a, you know, doing Jack and the Beetle, is that one of your favourite bedtime stories, would you say? Oh, it's or... a great story, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's... And it, they all, they, all the, they're all fairy tales, aren't they? Mm. And it's, it's wonderful to bring them to life. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing what you can do and getting a beanstalk that grows, you know, that's such a magical moment. And this year we've got a, you know, we've got a 3D giant. Yes, so it's like, so the, the, we have so much fun with that as well. So it's like, it's up in the bar every year and I think we'll, uh, we'll succeed this year. I don't know how a 3D giant works. Is it like the avatars or something? Well, everyone in the audience will have uh, 3D glasses, and it's, um, it's amazing. I've done it once before, and it's such an experience. Cause oh, like, my God, it's going to be leaping out of them. Yeah, big yeah. time, yeah, yeah. So please don't scream. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a unique experience. It definitely will be. Um, I do have a question. Oh, yes. In terms of what, um, when you go on stage or you do your productions, do you have a ritual no. that you do, or you just... No. And it's done. Yeah, just go out and whatever goes happens happens. happens. Give me the mic and I'm on. You know, my ideal my ideal gig is just rocking up to a gig two minutes before yeah. the gig and then give me the mic and I'm on. Fantastic. Great. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to wrap up, I think. Oh, do we? We've been yeah. waved at. <laughs> yeah, we've been waved at. Our next guest is right behind us. <laughs> yeah. this, this is where the Bromley Buzz needs to install mirrors on the table, so I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, thank you very much for your time and your... My pleasure. Um, ...your voiceovers. Brilliant. Well, nice to speak. meet you. Yeah. Take terrific. care. Thank you. Lovely to meet you. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. Thank Take you. care. See you soon.